just when we think, just when we think we have everything kind of figured out on conference realignment, just when we think we kind of have everything in place, boom, you get another right hook. Boom, you get another report. Boom, you get one report that was confirmed last night, by the way. One, one. All the others are still kind of out there. I, real quick, I want to make this very clear off the top. Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Welcome to the Plank Show, PRC intern uh, in the house. I am. Um, we're getting mobile. I was going to take the show to Jimmy Austin because Sooners helping Sooners is having its big luncheon today, and uh, Coach Patabone is having Coach Gasso and myself out to to talk. But um, through a a myriad of issues, including my AC going out. And not wanting to have to scramble and unhook and hook all my own personal equipment, I was like, you know what? We'll just, we'll just go mobile. We'll just go mobile. But anyway, my, my my point is, I like Dennis Dodd a lot. I think he's a really talented reporter. He's one of the best in the game. But I kind of feel like he's throwing some darts here on conference expansion stuff. And I think we all are to a certain degree, right? I think everyone is currently in a very, huh, what exactly is going on here? Because as we welcome you in on this, gosh, is it the 12th? of No, I'm sorry, I'm a week behind myself. As we welcome you in on the 19th day of July, year of our Lord, 2022, an hour one of the Plank Show, brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Let's try to follow the timeline of reporting yesterday. Are you ready? You want to, because literally it all broke again as soon as this show left the air. So you, I, I tried to write this down. So you tell me where I screw it up. By the way, good morning, Josh. Can do. do. Good you, morning. Did you have to a good you. night? It was a great night. Good, good, good. All right. And how was yours? Um, hot. We, uh, we did drive to Tulsa, though, because my wife decided she needed a van again instead of the car that she had. So it's just my life is hell. Welcome to hell. At least I get to sit here with you guys for three hours and hang out with Coach Gasso today. So. As soon as we left the air, literally moments after the Plank Show wrapped up and Josh and I said, goodbye, everybody, a report came out from Dennis Dodd that seemed to hammer home what we had been talking about for quite a bit, which was the the NBC. The Big 12 might be a flank to a new media deal for Notre Dame with NBC. And according to this report, which again, unfortunately, hasn't been confirmed by 86 people like most reports are in the world of college football, Notre Dame is targeting a $75 million annual media rights payout to remain independent. Now, you might say that seems like a lot for one school, but keep in mind, what's the projected payout per team in in the SEC and the Big Ten, we're looking at around $100 million. So Notre Dame is still taking less, but in the same vein, they're not splitting anything. It's all theirs, and NBC can do with it what they want. But NBC, apparently, according to this report, every time I say that, the only thing that I think of is this here reporter, according to this report, is that maybe NBC is a little bit more all-in on college football in this round of TV rights deals. 
and there could be a package for the Big 12 to flank it. Now, I don't I don't know if that would be as a tier 1 or as a tier 2, but it was fascinating, right? So, that story breaks. And then literally um a couple of hours after that story breaks, we get a report that the Big 12 and Pac-12 will not partner with each other to combine conferences. Which, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't really know how legit that was. The Big 12 is up to 12. The Big, the Pac-12 is at 10. 22-team conference. Does a full merger between those two conferences really work? Maybe, maybe not. The Big 12 might be more benefited to say, ah, for what we're doing, let's see if we can get Washington and Oregon. And if this say no, let's maybe look at our regional partners, bring back Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State would fit. But the two sides had three lengthy Zoom calls to explore options within the last two weeks. No strong revenue emerged. And again, it was interesting because then the other side of this became the fallout. The fallout because... Suddenly it became, oh my gosh, the Pac-12 is just in shambles. Big 12 doesn't want to connect with them, so on and so forth. Then there was this other side that said, no way, the Pac-12 didn't want to do this. The Pac-12 is not in shambles. They've got a commitment to stay together. They weren't in the business of trying to combine with the Big 12. They're still eyeing this potential relationship with the ACC. (laughs) Mind blown. And then... As those two stories kind of started to circulate, everyone went back and started to reassess what George what George Klavkoff, listen to me, you have that pulled up, what Greg Sankey said at SEC Media Days and realized, well, he, he didn't really rule out the possibility of the SEC still expanding. He didn't rule out the idea that the Southeastern Conference might still be in the game of adding teams. Now, He made it very clear that there wasn't necessarily any urgency. I mean, the the SEC is pretty well set. They got the two big fish in the expansion pond, and now they're just kind of waiting and seeing how things play out. But by no means did he slam the door on the SEC being somewhat proactive in the world of realignment. So on on a Monday where we shut the door and thought it would be a big Let's talk recruiting day, Josh Helmer. The conference realignment news seemed to be coming pretty fast and pretty furious yesterday. With, again, we should be very clear, nothing firm outside of something I feel like we knew, that the Big 12 and the Pac-10 would not be merging as two conferences into one. And that the Big 12 wasn't getting that four-corner school situation. It didn't seem like Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, though, Certainly there was flirtation there and at least initially interest from both sides, but now you get a little further bit along, further along here. And as the picture maybe is rounding into form a little bit, if Notre Dame can swing this deal with NBC, then it, it could settle a lot of the college football realignment picture, sure. at least a, you know, for the Big 12 and the Pac-12. I'm not sure that it entirely 
settles things for, say, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, those schools might still be sniffing around trying to get into the SEC. But if Notre Dame is getting $75 million a season, mm-hmm. then guess what? They're going to be pretty comfortable to, yes, remain independent. And that sets it up to where if the Big 12 is, in fact, a part of that picture, what does that mean for their media rights situation? Could be, sounds like, great news for the Big 12 conference. Sure. And I think as long as Notre Dame is independent, Plank, as long as that's the case, then eventually we arrive at a situation to where the college football playoff expands because guess what? All of these TV partners, if Notre Dame can be a part of the college football playoff or whatever the postseason looks like, they want Notre Dame to be a part of their postseason picture. So I think it's great news potentially for the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to not wind up getting boxed completely out of this deal. Could be great news financially for the Big 12, but strictly from a postseason picture, that seems like it could be very, very good news for really everybody not named the Big 10 and SEC. If if I'm I'm the Big 12, if I'm the ACC, if I'm the Pac-12, if there's one thing that I try to come together on, to push harder than anything, it's playoff expansion. I am pushing for playoff expansion. Now, the automatic bids. Now, you can't, as I think I think we've all learned, you can't say six automatic bids to the Pac-12, to the AC. You can't do that because that would be exclusionary to teams like the MAC and schools like the MAC, in the MAC, excuse me. That would, that would end up in court immediately. But... If you were to say, all right, we have six automatic bids, or maybe we even narrow that down, four automatic bids, and the top four ranked conferences based on, I don't know, the playoff or the whatever way you want to look at it. If you still want to have the playoff poll and you want to have the the, the committee that votes on it, that's I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And if you have a – and you don't put parameters on it, well, you got to be in the top 15. No, no, no. You, you The top four teams um, – in conference, what am I trying to say here? Top four conference champions. Thank you. <laughs> Gosh, good lord! I maybe I should script this whole entire show out. Maybe I should make it like my man Bernie Fratto. But the thing that's interesting to me is I think that could work. And if I'm Oklahoma State, if I'm Baylor, if I'm Utah, if I'm Oregon, I mean, Josh Baylor and Oklahoma State in a twelve-team playoff might both be in last year, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing is. If it goes to a 12-team playoff, then... Everyone can survive. Yeah, the the Pac-12 champion's getting in. The Big 12 champion is getting in. The ACC champion is getting in, typically. Right. Now, there might be the scenario where you get an unlikely conference champion, but kind of the direction a lot of this is headed anyways, certainly for the Big 12, it's been that way. Match up the top two teams. I don't see them changing that post-Oklahoma and Texas, however they reconfigure things. Pac-12 sure. has gone that direction, right? So probably those two leagues, they're going to be pretty safe with their conference champion under an expanded playoff format. Whether or not they're one of the top four conference champions, guess what? They're going to the playoff. Right. You might not end up with one of those top four seeds, but you're going to be in the top 12. I 
man, I am homering out right now. If I'm a if I'm a team in well, Big Ten SEC kind of has its own set right now, so they're not having to worry about it. But if I care about my conference surviving, and listen. It's funny because all of these partnerships, oh, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 won't work together. I don't know that they ever were. And and, and I don't think that the Pac-12 is in the business of helping out the Big 12 and vice versa. They might have scheduling dilemmas or scheduling agreements, but I, I don't think any of these conferences are in the business of helping each other out. But I do think it's fascinating to see the debate that's played out about who truly has the upper hand right now. Um, but it's also interesting in that, you know, I, I, I've read that article at least three times from Pete Thamel. And it's kind of interesting. You, you, can, you can choose how to present it in just about any way you want. Let me, you know, let, let's, let's break. And, and I'll kind of, let's play the media game with Pete Thamel's article when we come back. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, met with the media yesterday. We were talking college football playoff expansion. We'll tell you what he had to say at the bottom of the hour. Nick Saban is speaking to the media as we speak right now on this show. We'll bring you some of that. Plus, some fascinating Twitter wars last night involving my beloved sport of softball that we need to get into. And I've got a new rule when it comes to NIL. And I want you guys all to embrace this new rule and this new way of looking at it. We all know rule one, right? Whatever number you hear reported, like for instance, I heard this kid committed to Tennessee is getting like $8 million in NIL deals. Usually, I would probably divide that by like eight. (laughs) I think you want to... What, any NIL deal that you hear reported, probably cut it by like 80% is is one. Not to say that people aren't making good money in NIL. They are, and they should, and they, and they, and they have. But, Josh, there's a new rule that I have in NIL, and it involves collectives. And it's a hard one because you see all these numbers, and it's like, wow, did you see what Texas Tech? But we might want to start tracing who's actually behind these and whether or not there's some legitness to them or not. So it's all coming up on a very busy Tuesday edition of The Plank Show. All right. Let's let's play which headline do you buy, okay? Because I think I know how we feel, right? I think I know how we feel when it comes to the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Um, but yet, the way that this has been presented, and then when you dig into the story, the con- questions I have are massive. So, you, and by the way, tomorrow tomorrow I get to work with Jeff Schwartz, so I'll have all kinds of Pac-12 information for you tomorrow from nine to noon here on the Plank Show. So here we go. Here's the story. I'm just going to read a couple of of notes from it. Officials from the Big Twelve told Pac-12 officials on Monday that they're no longer interested in exploring a partnership. Sources said. So there is, there's one major headline. Whoa. Wow. But when you do this thing, like read a little deeper, it kind of seems odd that that becomes the headline. Here's why. And again, I want to make this very clear. I'm team big 12 on this, but yet the reporting in it doesn't necessarily tell that story. 
a Big 12 source, said the deal didn't work for the conference for a multitude of reasons, which included the fact that any potential deal would have driven much revenue for the league. Um, wouldn't have driven much revenue for the league. It just didn't work, the source said. Which, again, pause. Pause here real quick. Kind of what we've talked about on this program. Everyone wants to say, well, just go get four teams and do this, do that. Just add, add. No, you, you've got to add for the sake of increasing revenue and not just splitting the pie more. If we bring an extra body onto this show that doesn't increase our reach or the, the revenue for the program and it's just another person who we pay, I mean, what sense does that make? Adding Arizona and Arizona State probably, probably doesn't do a whole lot for Ding, you. ding, ding. Oregon, so, Washington, okay, maybe. Maybe. And, and maybe you add them and you don't, you don't worry about making them sign a grant of rights. It's like, listen, if you come, great. Be a 14-team league, that'll be awesome. But if you go, ah, we're fine. We're, we're committed as a 12-team league. We sue. But then again, too, Big 12 does not have a grant of rights it's signed with its new contract, with its new teams yet. They don't have a new TV deal yet. So if an SEC does decide, hmm, might be kind of cool to have Oklahoma State with Oklahoma. Or if a Big Ten says, man, Kansas Kansas would be a nice fit in our basketball portfolio in this league, then just how sturdy is that ground that the Big 12 is on, right? I mean, Big 12, I mean, Oklahoma State fans, if the SEC came calling, I don't think you're saying, no, 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 we're in this for the Big 12. Kansas fan, if the Big Ten came calling, no, I'm sorry, Big 12. Don't you hear the chance of the games? Big 12. Big 12. Okay, so anyway, that's just a quick little sidebar. Back to this article, okay? Because that's where it stops and that's where the story. I'm reading a headline. Here's the headline from um, ESPN College Football. I don't know why these things constantly refresh over and over. The Big 12 has informed the Pac-12 they are no longer interested in exploring a partnership per ESPN. Um, but yet, dig a little deeper in the article. A Pac-12 source briefed us on the conversation and said the Big 12 had expressed interest on Friday in possibly exploring a full merger. Well, okay, that's odd. So y'all make it seem like the Pac-12 comes groveling at the door and and is is bugging, yet all of a sudden you dig a little deeper and you find out the Pac-12 had actually been approached first by the Big 12. The Big 12 source said, one of the three options laid out by the Pac-12, pooling rights, a scheduling concept, are fully combining the leagues. The only scenario that could have potentially driven value because of the sheer numbers of schools and populations was a full merger of the league. The Pac-12 source indicated the Big 12 was interested in that third option. Big 12 source that the Big 12 needed more time to explore further. So just real quick, pause, playing Iowa basic skills, reading comprehension. Big 12 says they're no longer interested in a full combined relationship with the Pac-12. Well, if I'm reading this right, the Big 12 was the one that approached the Pac-12 and said, hey, let's do this. You know, let's, let's, what, what can we do? And then all of a sudden after like a day, like, no, nah, we're good. Weird, right? The Pac-12 source indicated the Big 12 was interested in that option. A Big 12 source said the Big 12 needed more time. The Pac-12 source said the Pac-12 was skeptical of the full merger because the league's media rights expire at different times. The Big 12 source countered 
that the Pac-12 had expressed ways it could work. It's amazing what the headline becomes. And I'm not saying it's wrong. But, Josh, when you dig a little deeper in this, it's almost as if the Big 12 created this by saying, hey, what what, what can we do? And then the Pac-12 says, well, you know, here's three options. One of them is a full merger. And the Big 12 says, ooh, we like that. Let's let's investigate it. Only 24 hours back, we're out. <laughs> I mean, it's almost as if they set them up to make them look like fools. And, and I'm all in on the Big 12 being in a place of power. But this looks like an all-time rope-a-dope by the Big 12, in my opinion. I mean, if, if I'm – and again, struggle sometimes reading. It's a challenge. But it's almost as if they went to the Pac-12 and said, let's work together. Let's make this happen. And they, they looked at all the options. They said, full merger. Let's see what we can do. The Big 12 looks at it, waits a day, and is like, no. <laughs> and then this story becomes, hey, we're not going to come together. The Pac-12 source – uh, added that they've been exploring all options after the UCLA-USC exit. The league has just two full years remaining on its TV rights deal. So what, I mean, it's kind of a roller coaster and you see what the headline is because the headline isn't necessarily incorrect. But Josh, it's kind of how we got to the headline, which is fascinating to me. It's almost as if the Big 12 says, let's work on this. And then as soon as they start working on it, Either And I don't think that, listen, I don't think they did it to try to make the Pac-12 look foolish, but it does nationally make the Pac-12 look pretty foolish. Well, and we've seen reports the last couple of weeks, too, Pac-12's talking with the ACC and neither league's interested in the Big 12, so the reporting on this deal has been all over the place. Thank you. All over the place. And probably you'd like to know, and Pete Thamel and Dennis Dodd, look, you can't reveal sources in this type of situation because you're not trying to lose right. said source. But it would make the reporting picture make a lot more sense if we knew, okay, well, he's talking to Brett Yormark for this story. Right. Oh, he's talking to Clive Cobb for this story. He's talking to Jim Phillips for this story. I mean, it, it does feel some of the different reports are slanted like- toward different leagues. I mean, remember a, a couple of weeks ago or last week it was Pac-12's not interested in anything with the Big 12. They're only talking to the yeah. ACC. And now all of a sudden it's, hey, we were one step away maybe from a full-on merger. Right. Which, But again, who initiated that conversation according to that report? The Big 12. Exactly. <laughs> so, but initially it was like the Pac-12 was rebuffing any conversations sure. from the Big 12. Here's, here's, what, here's another thing, too. You brought up this source, right? I'd love to know the source. If you were to f- find out that the Pac-12 source was George Klivekoff and the AD source was, or the Big 12 source was an AD, it might kind of change the way you're looking at this, or vice versa. What if Brett Yormark was the the source on the Big 12 side of things, and it was, I don't know, the Cal athletic director on the Pac-12? Oregon State. Right. It makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Yeah, well, then you're probably buying everything from the Big 12 perspective under that scenario. Um. But, I mean, it's 9.31. Look at us staying on the clock today, Josh Helmer. It's 9.31. All right, this is a very simple question. When we did this poll when it was first announced that UCLA and USC were headed for the Pac-12, it's very one-sided. Very one-sided. Big 12's in a position of power. I think it still is. But on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Slow start, so let's get after it. Are you 
team ACC, Big 12, or Pac-12 being able to find a way to survive and thrive. Now, we're very clear of the Power 5, ACC, and excuse me, SEC and Big 10 are the big dogs right now. I've been a firm believer that if the playoff expands to 12, everyone's got a seat at the table, so we don't need these two 20-team conferences. And then in that, Josh, Notre Dame doesn't have to worry about, or especially if Notre Dame's going to get a $75 million media deal. I mean, if, Is that really going to happen, you think? Again, that report was never confirmed by anyone. And I think that's always an important thing. When you're, here's, here's what I've decided to do with anything Notre Dame-related. Um, there's a guy named Pete Sampson, and not to be confused with Pete Sampras. Pete Sampson, he is pretty dialed in, pretty dialed in when it comes to Notre Dame news. Any of these Notre Dame reports that come out, if Pete Sampson is on it, okay, then there might be something to it. But on the Dennis Dodd story, do you want to know how much – Pete Sampson has written about it or talked about Zip it. Zip zero, nada. Not a thing. So wait, who did you say Pete Sampson is? Pete Sampson covers Notre Dame for The Athletic. Gotcha. He is, to me, um, the foremost connoisseur of Notre Dame information. So he, he's he got his finger on the trigger over there. He knows what's going on with Notre right. Dame. Right. So when, when a story comes out that is basically, my gosh. Notre Dame is on the verge of this. Notre Dame asked for a billion-dollar deal. Right, right, right. And if Pete Sampson doesn't talk about it, then to me, meh, probably not going to be something that I buy into too terribly much. I mean, 75 makes sense in that, as you said off the top, okay, it's not what the SEC or Big Ten is projected to start making – over the lifetime of those contracts, right? Like we heard $100 million annually for USC and UCLA. But that's not just individually for USC and UCLA. That's the sum of its parts for the Big Ten Conference. That's the combination of the Penn State market with the Michigan market, with the Ohio State market, with all of the others, Iowa, Wisconsin, with USC, with UCLA. Right, so yeah. from that perspective, it's not individually Ohio State's getting one hundred million dollars from Fox, and if you broke it down, okay, how much would Ohio State get in an individual media rights deal annually? I don't know that it's seventy five million dollars. So why would Notre Dame get seventy five million dollars? They might get fifty, which is why I think it's interesting with the terminology that's used. They're seeking a deal like that. But again, that's like I said, I have no issue. Dennis Dodd's one of my favorite guys, but when there's nobody that covers the team that's jumping on it, that seems to be a little bit curious to me. And I would add, it's also kind of unique whenever you see a CBS sports guy reporting on what NBC is offering for Notre Dame. I know that's not how you're supposed to look at things, but that's kind of, that's how I feel. All right, we'll hit those Air Comfort Solutions texts coming up, 405-651-3439. You can also use the phone to call us at 405-329-9000 on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line or hit us up on Twitter at Josh on Ref at Plank Show. Greg Sankey coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Can you imagine a wife, a husband, an 8-year-old, and three dogs all sleeping in a room about this size? That's what we did last night, Josh Helmer. 
Yeah, I can't imagine it. It sounds like a Helmer family vacation, and it sounds, you know, not like a ton of fun. I'm sorry. Sorry that's going on. Hopefully you will have resolution quickly sometime today. Um, <laughs> I think sometimes there's a disconnect in the tweets or texts that I send to Arnie. Because uh, I was telling him, like, hey, are you working this week? And he's like, no. I'm like, JFC. I'm like, I got to do this and that. And he's like, who's JFC? <laughs> he He's not. Bless his heart. Not hip, man. Bless his heart. All right, you want to hear. When are um, we going to get Arnie on the show? Never. Never. Absolutely positive. <laughs> Why not? North or south of never. I'm, I'm pretty good without him. All right, 405 651 3439 Hey, by the way, uh, one other sidebar to this. Um, do you think it's a good move for big for the Big 12 and, and NBC? Because I do, and I wonder if part of that would be some matchups with Notre Dame. Notre Dame's got to maintain its relationship with the ACC, so um, or it for its other sports. But it didn't really – It didn't seem like it. Right. It didn't really and, – and it didn't allude – to that suddenly, because I saw a lot of Big 12 media types are like, oh, this would mean that you'd play Notre Dame more. I'm like, no. I didn't really take that from it. No, it said nothing to that effect. It was that NBC, if if it's going to pay $75 million annually to Notre Dame, would like to enhance its college football brand sure. into several other games throughout the day. And – it's also not concrete that they've ironed down the Big 12 as its Power 5 partner in that respect. Right, right. They are a leading candidate. Sure. But it, it in no way, shape, or form was it, it's the Big 12, away we go. But it does seem to be, at least that initial report, if there's legs to it, that would be very positive news for the Big 12 conference. Okay. Um, let's go through what Greg Sankey had to say yesterday. First... For for our sake, for a kind of a topic we haven't hit on yet, we've talked about the the three prong report on conference realignment yesterday. We got into the, the 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 depth and kind of the odd way in which the the Big Twelve Pac twelve story got reported, and not to try to say anything negative about either side, but the Big Twelve reached out to the Pac twelve and said, "Hey, you know what, what what do you want to do here?" And the Pac twelve said, "Oh, you." This full merger might be good, and they show interest in it. Then all of a sudden, they say no, and the headline becomes, Big 12 not interested in merger with Pac-12. Big 12 were the ones that initiated it in the first place. But beyond that, I'm sorry, you want to add something to it? I saw yeah, I, drilling down a little bit deeper in that, mm -hmm. does that tell us anything about Brett Yormark's plans moving forward? Is um, he still trying to poach? And maybe now he's like, yeah, we don't really – I've dug into some of these numbers. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, they're not doing a whole lot for us. But if we can swing Oregon and Washington at some point, that would be great. A full-on merger, nah, that's that's okay. It's only going to drive up our per-team revenue by, uh, you know, a couple of million here or there. We don't want the headache of all of the scheduling or this and that. Well. I mean, what, what is the thought process? Ah, we'd still like to maybe talk to some some schools in the ACC. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's a good question. I wonder, you know, you were talking about the sources, right? Who's the source on it? 
I wonder, too, if it was something where um, – what's the best way to put this? An entity not connected to the commissioner, right? Uh, say, I don't know, part of the board of directors. Yeah. Initiates this with the Pac-12. And by the way, again, I know this is kind of going away from what you're bringing up. But initiates this from the Pac-12, and then all of a sudden Brett Yormark is involved. It's like, no, we don't want to do this, right? <laughs> Heck no. What are you guys, crazy? Look at the financials. All right, so here's the, here's the real quick Q&A on, on what Sankey had to say about the future for both Oklahoma and Texas. In fact, I think in this is the actual question that's asked about, hey, is is Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC sooner than 2025? Greg, do you anticipate maybe Texas and Oklahoma coming in the league early ahead of time? That's not up to me. That's uh, about the relationship between uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12. We are focused on the addition being effective July 1st, 2025. There you go. Now, that opens up a couple of interesting angles in this, right? All right, well, maybe the Big 12 is ready to to move on. Maybe there is an opportunity here because it's not the SEC saying, wait, 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 we don't, we don't need you here yet. You take your time getting here. Um, I think everybody would like to start the, the new conference relationship, the new conference partnership. It just makes sense. But there are some financial obligations and some contractual obligations that are well-documented for Oklahoma and Texas that sure. make that a hurdle. Can it's I, not like the SEC's jumping all over themselves to be like, hey, here's eighty, here's $160 million, oh, you in Texas. Come on down. Can I be honest with you? I'm okay if this is the last year in the Big 12. Absolutely okay. Kind of rooting for it, to be honest with you. Don't think that's going to be the case, but I'm kind of rooting for this to be it in the Big 12. One more real quick, then we'll break and we'll get true in on the other side at 405 329 9,000. Greg Sankey did um, did talk about expansion, right, and, and kind of where the SEC is. There's no sense of urgency in our league, no panic in reaction to others' decisions. We know who we are, we are confident in our collective strength, and we are uniquely positioned to continue to provide remarkable experiences educationally, and athletically, along with world-class support to student-athletes. Very, very vague. <laughs> very good commissioner answer. Hey, Greg, uh, so Clemson, Florida State, what's going on there? I mean, come on. North Carolina? No, yeah? Virginia, any interest there? What is going on? Miami? We, no? got, we got more from Sankey. As we mentioned, Nick Saban is meeting with the media as we speak. Brian Kelly talked a little more in-depth about leaving Notre Dame in the future of the Fighting Irish, and by God, we're 45 minutes into the show, and we haven't talked about the Home Run Derby. But when we come back, Air Comfort Solutions text line, Riverwind Casino jackpot line, all coming up on the Plank Show. Sorry, I'm in here talking to myself, Pierce. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Uh, to the phones, we go to wrap up our number one, brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Uh, True Suter, what's going on, man? Welcome to the program. Good morning, True. Good morning. Thanks for playing the uh, Thin Lizzy on the bump stick there. Yeah, we knew you were a big Thin Lizzy fan, so that's why we had that queued up for you. <laughs> hey, so, okay, two questions on this SEC thing. Have we heard any more about uh, alignment, about quads, about who would be, you know, specifically in the OU quad? I'm, you know, 
Have we heard any more about that? No. Uh, no I, I, and the other thing is, what does this do? What will this do to non-conference games going to this? I, like, well, like, I guess what I'm asking is, how many games do they play? And of course, with, with a couple more teams, will it be a, a case of you know eight, eight uh, conference games or nine conference games? What do you guys? I don't understand why when you make this move you wouldn't have nine conference games. You, it, it'll be nine. That's okay, uh, so that's what up. makes the math add up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just for you, you me. You do a three-six scheduling model. Three-six-six is how a lot of people are referring to it. Three in your pod that are permanent opponents. However you want to phrase it. If it's permanent opponents, okay. if it's pod scheduling, whatever they come down with there, and then you rotate through. The other 12 teams in the conference, six one year, six the next year, and this allows you to play every team in the league every other year, and it allows you to host every team in the league once every four years. So, you know, whatever that looks like in terms of the pods or permanent opponents, none of that's been finalized. There hasn't been any reporting on it. There's obvious speculation that we can sit here and do. But in terms of anything concrete, there's there's nothing concrete. I can guarantee you this though, <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas will play one another. Other right. than that, right. I mean, we'll see. So, so the, the other quads, like like OU would play. Obviously, they would play their three teams in their quad. But then they would would they go? You think they would go to another quad and play everybody in that quad, or would it be bounce? Would they be bouncing around the other three quads? Well, that's a good question. Would it be treated like uh, NFC yeah. whenever the the, the, right. the South would play at the South? Uh, it's a good question. Right. I don't know. I, I think yeah. it would be treated like they would bounce around. I don't think it would be just quad specific. I just think it makes so much sense to do the three six six model, and then you play everybody every other season, and it's simple. What it- you, you can build in permanent opponents. I mean, it's just makes too much sense. What is the you say three six six? I get the three. What is the six six? That's just rotating through the teams that aren't your permanent opponents. So one year you would play six of those teams, and then you would okay. flip flop the next year and play the other six. And guess what? That accounts for everybody in the league. You'd see every other season. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, see you guys see later. later. Oh, we gotta go. Um, by the way, I, can I tell you something stupid that I'm all in on right now that I need to stop being all in on is Ric Flair's final match. <laughs> I'm sitting here scrolling through my timeline, looking for the latest conference. Uh, I say pod way too much, uh, conference scheduling conversations from the sec. It honestly hasn't been brought up too much. And I don't think Greg Sankey was asked about it yesterday, but now I'm, I'm watching um, I'm watching Jeff Jarrett beat up Ric Flair in the middle of a parking lot right now to prepare for Ric Flair's final match. Oh, no. I hope Flair's okay. Of course, in true Ric Flair form, he bladed himself, and now he's bleeding all over himself. I, it wasn't Ric Flair. How many times has Ric Flair kicked out on his deathbed, and now he's going to wrestle again, and he's cutting himself? Look, Jeff Jarrett looks good. What are they fighting over? This looks way too scripted for me, Josh. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. If I don't it's got know. Ric Flair, I'm interested. Yeah, he's he's wrestling his final match. I believe it's in Nashville this week. I'm sorry. Back to the point of what True was talking about. I wasn't drifting off during True's point, but it's just it's one of those situations where we think we have the answer, but nothing has been confirmed yet, well, and they, that's where we are. <laughs> look, we didn't even touch on this. I mean, they could just say, "Oh, we're going to stick with divisions," right? And that would, I think, suck. 
but they could do that. It's to me, to me, it's just it's something that seems so simple, but yet when you start drilling a little deeper, you're like, dang, man, this thing is complicated as all get out. You know, divisions would really stink, right? Unless the SEC sets it up and says, you know what? We're only going to play SEC schedules. No more non-conference scheduling. I mean, if they did that, it would be so groundbreaking for college football. And, oh, my goodness, they'd be making money hand over fist. I don't think you can get a lot of coaches that want to sign up for it, but ultimately they're not really the decision makers in any of this. By the way, Willie Anderson is meeting with the media, um, and someone asked him why he didn't sit out this season because this is an NFL talking point, right? Well, if you're going to be the number one pick, sit out the season. Will Anderson's reply, the Alabama defensive end, I love football too much. Gosh, I love that kid. Man, John John Gruden, if he was still doing the uh, quarterbacks camp. Oh, he'd, he'd be. He'd be I got up. Will Anderson. You love football, Will Anderson. You love football. All right, quick break. Um, more from Greg Sankey next.